If you are honest with yourself every day of your life, you're actually going to be uncomfortable for a big part of that until you start living in accordance to your truth, yeah. your soul's truth, right? And you can't do it without that. And that that's real work. That's the spiritual work. Right. Hello, hello, and welcome to Spiritually Hungry. Welcome. It's chilly today. <laughs> well, you don't know what day our listeners are listening to this, so it might be very warm. No. It'll be chilly. <laughs> no, they, you know, even where they are, they might be very warm. So today we want to talk about the things we know without knowing why we know them. Just like I know it's going to be cold whenever I listen. <laughs> I can to guarantee me. you that there are going to be listeners who are listening and it'll be very warm. They may be warmer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> More specifically, we want to delve into the signs that lead you to that knowing or intuition. <laughs> Most of us have experienced at least one occurrence, if not many, that seem highly improbable. Maybe we're thinking of someone and they called. That happens to me often. Sometimes I'm like, stop thinking it's something. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Perhaps we saw numbers or heard a quote or lyrics that spoke directly to our current situation. Light bulb moments, those are intuition as well. Dreams are too. Paul McCartney of the Beatles was going through a hard time. The band's manager, a driving force, Brian Epstein, had just passed away, and Paul was feeling more and more isolated from the group as he tried to pick up the artistic direction of the band. His isolation and loneliness meant that he, along with the rest of the Beatles, were drinking too much, staying out late, and generally being a bit wild. That was until he was visited in a dream by his mother, Mary, and that dream gave him the start of one of the Beatles' most beloved songs, Let It Be. I didn't know that. It just came to him. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary, make me sing by myself. Keep going, keep going. Do you remember the movie The Sixth Sense? I do. I want to watch it again, actually. Really? I always think... You'll be surprised again? Well, I think, uh, I know during this time, like especially in October and Halloween, and you see all these like scary things in windows. Again, our listeners will not be listening to this in October. No, they We're won't. Not even but recording we just October. passed October. <laughs> And seeing all of these different witches and ghosts and things in windows, it makes me crave thrillers. So like the character Haley Joel Osment says to Bruce Willis's character, I see dead people like everyone else sees regular people. I see them all the time. They're everywhere. So like the dead people in the movie, signs are everywhere. And each of us have the ability to see them, but most of us don't because we're too busy with our day-to-day lives. We're navigating traffic, checking in with our family members, which isn't a bad thing, returning phone calls and planning and cooking meals, or mostly we're consumed by our thoughts, most especially the ones that weigh us down. I find that to take up a lot of time for most people. So signs, as we view them, are messages from the creator, or you can call it the universe. So it behooves us to think about how we can be more receptive to them And I think more importantly, where people struggle is know which direction they're meant to point us to or towards, right? Because you can see something and then we kind of fill in, oh, maybe it means this or maybe it means that. So there has to be also a deep sense of knowing to be able to decipher what the sign is meant to tell us. Yeah, I think you touched upon two very important ideas. First, while to a casual observer, life, the world, and our individual lives can sometimes seem chaotic. There is this... And random, right? And random. More, yeah. 
there is, and you have to really have this consciousness in order to be able to to start getting these messages. But there is this layer of truth, this voice of truth, this direction of truth that underlines everything in life. And in this moment, as we're sitting here, we're getting messages. Yeah, I just got one. Oh, yeah, what was it? I was wearing a gray sweater all day, and you just put that on, and now we have is that a problem? <laughs> message I got is you just want to feel really connected to me. Oh, and that's so sweet. The other message I got is you love my sense of style. Oh, thank you. Thank, <laughs> thank you. me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, and we know again, not to go off on a tangent, but so much of our actions are uh, not. With our conscious minds, it's possible. Because I thought it's like that, looking in the mirror. <laughs> really, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> Am I pretty today? You're so pretty. <laughs> so right. So there is this underlining truth, and if you were able to access that, you would know in every single moment what to do, what not to do, what direction you should go in. So you have to start there. If a person doesn't accept that that layer of messages, that that layer of direction exists, he or she will never really be able to access it. So I think that's one very important, you know, truth or or something that I'd like our listeners to at least open themselves up to. I'm sure many of our listeners are open to it. But the point and is, your second point, which you're going to probably, I surmise, going to say, is that it's not about going and searching for psychics and mediums to go no, and get that all information. That no, but you're supposed yes. to be able to cultivate that within oh, yourself yes, to be able yes. to hear the messages. Not that, that I have anything have against ability. psychics or mediums, although... You're much more open than when we first uh, got married. I don't know if I'd say Well, okay, that's a whole... I'm not sure if you want to go in that direction. I, I wanted to go in that direction. <laughs> okay, we, we can. I, I do want to finish, though, the, my first point and then my second point, and then we can go in that direction if you want. But there's a statement in the, in the, in the Talmud. It says that if we were able to see everything that was around us would actually go crazy. Mm. There's so much around us all the time. Of course, we don't want to go crazy, but we do want to open our that, that window into truth. So, number one, right? So, so, one cannot expect to live a life within which they are receiving direction and signs all the time, which is really the way our life is meant to be, if you don't accept that those messages are being sent to you all the time, that that energy of direction is there for you all the time. But how do you access it? So, there's a story in the Book of Kings uh, that speaks of one of the great prophets, Elijah, and how he got to interact. You know, when we're talking about this underlying energy or direction, you can call it God again, like you said, you can call it the Creator, you can call it the universe. So, how did Elijah connect to that. And it says the following. It says, There was a great and mighty wind, splitting mountains and shattering rocks, but God was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but God was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire, but God was not in the fire. And after the fire, a soft, murmuring sound. And that's where God was revealed to Elijah. The idea is that we live in a very noisy world. The noisy isn't just the cars that drive by and the airplanes that fly by. It's that our soul is in this whirlwind all the time of fears, of doubts, of ideas. You know, the, 
being in silence, and silence isn't just that there's no sound, but in a place where the mind is a little bit clearer, or more importantly, as I said before, that, that you know that there are messages coming to me. Let me be as, as open to them. Silence is also represents this openness to the messages. So, but can you unpack that a little sure. bit? Because that's interesting. So, those examples are meant to represent the chaos or the chaotic noise. Right, the ups and downs of the world that we live Outside, in. Outside, inside, in our mind, in our lives, in the world. Right. So either it can pull us away or distract us, or it's in those moments of reflection after that we come to see the purpose even in what seems well, random. Well, that's a beautiful understanding. I didn't even think of, that's not where I, what, I, what I understood from, but that's beautiful. That's also true, right? That you're saying that from, say that again. No, no, say it again. I thought it was beautiful. That from the what seems random and and chaotic, and that there's no order, then in those moments after where we're we're meant to perhaps sit and and reflect on why you know what is the purpose of that, what is the meaning that that's where we can get beautiful. our deepest messages beautiful. and learn about our world, learn about others, learn about ourselves, learn compassion. I think it's timely for where we actually are in the world today. But that's how I understood right, it. Right, beautiful. No, but, but yes, that's beautiful. No, I, I didn't. I didn't think of that. But f- my my understanding was that if you want to access that, call it voice of God, voice of the Creator, voice of the universe, whatever you want to call it, that energy of direction that exists, you have to allow for a place of stillness. That the messages will not come first, as we said. That if you don't believe that they're there for you. And second, if you don't allow time for thought, if you don't allow time for stillness, but rather sort of go from one to the next to the next to that. And it's interesting too, because I think when people, for instance, experience hardships or pain, it's the question usually is, you know, God, where are you? Or why is this happening? And and the way that that's asked, it's not really asking with wanting to hear an answer. It's kind of like, I don't deserve this. Why is this happening? Right. So I think right. a lot of it is how we meet those those places in our lives. Absolutely. Right. So it's it's the whisper. It's this it's the whisper in the chaos that we have to be directing our consciousness towards. Well, it's interesting to that point, there is a medium. Her name is Laura Lynn Jackson. Oh, my favorites. She was on So to our, for our listeners, and again, I want to be very You don't careful. know, you've say, never heard of no, Laura I, I, Lynn I, I, Jackson. I, I do not know Laura Lynn Jackson at all. But I do want to say that that I, anybody can be a channel, right? Right. I am by nature more of a skeptic. Certainly, I I believe that not only that we can get messages, people can get messages for us, but I definitely believe that not everybody who says yeah, there that are some. Able look, to I've do. had some, and I don't know what the percentages are, and therefore I and this is something you said before, which I think is really important, and I'd like to expand a little bit more after you share that it's all within us. You, I. We actually have all the messages we need. We just have to be able to access them. But yes. well, I wasn't sure I was going to share this, but I I'm thinking about it now, and so I am. Um, I am curious. I'm a very curious person by nature, so I tend to say yes fairly frequently to things that I'm curious about, even if there might be some kind of repercussion I might not enjoy. But I still find purpose in everything I decide to participate in, because it's a choice, right? But this one specific time, someone had insisted that I meet with a psychic, and I didn't think she had good energy. You didn't either. She didn't speak English, and she only she only got her messages at night. So she's speaking to some 
things in the evening. I don't know. I think there's a different energy in the day and the night. I think that in my experience, the channels, you know, whenever I've received messages, it's more in those positive, more positive times. So she was speaking to other things at night. In any case, um, I felt almost ambushed. I mean, we, we found ourselves in a room with her, which was not a scheduled meeting. And she went on to say the most horrendous things about me, really, really ugly things about me, about our relationship. And I was dumbfounded, but I remember, and I was so proud of myself and this is going to lead into, and again, we're going to get there, but the importance of knowing yourself so that you can trust yourself and that you can get the messages directly from the Absolutely. creator. So she went on to tell me, horrendous things about how I, funny. I never, was i in the room oh i remember it very very vividly <laughs> yes you were, in the room. you were getting very upset actually I was? Cool. she called me evil she said oh, things about our relationship wow that were untrue and so i remember i i sat there and i listened for one minute maybe two max and i looked at her and i said you have no idea what you're talking about i think you're confused and you've mistaken me for somebody else i'm leaving and we got up and we oh we did out. absolutely oh, cool and I was really, really proud of myself. Well, I just saved a half hour to an hour there. Months later, I think even a year later, she contacted you. And really? She, I, I remember and I remember this. this because it really, <laughs> I was offended at first. But then I was proud, right? And she apologized. Oh, and she did? She, and she said that somebody put her up to saying these horrible things to me about me. And she felt pressured to do so. So clearly she had some of her own issues, <laughs> but she felt, she felt badly about that. And also she went around telling other people that same message. Funnily enough, a few months ago, somebody came to me and said, I heard this. I was this woman's assistant. And she said these things about you. I was always confused because it was never my experience. It was never what I felt when I heard you speak. And I was like, well, let me tell you a little story. But anyway, my point is that you want to be able to be open but you have to be careful about what you're open to and at the end of the day only you will really know and so if we understand that to be true you must take time and effort and put energy into creating that aspect of yourself that is all-knowing because we have all the information about our own souls our own journey more than anybody ever will we come in the world alone we leave the world alone and we hold on to that experience now yes people can come and give you messages but you must be able to decipher whether they're true or not for you. So imagine if I listened to her that day, I would have like lost my mind, you know? <laughs> it was horrible. Anyway, I, I was going to well, say something okay. else, but yeah, go ahead. No, no, on that then. point, that was really a sort of the second point that I was talking about, what I wanted to get to before, which is there's a beautiful section in the Talmud that says, and we've shared this before, that when we are in the womb, we... The room or the womb? The womb. <laughs> the womb. When we are in the womb we are given all the wisdom and all the direction we'll ever need in life. And as we enter into this world, we're made to forget it. But it's still there. And the spiritual work of life is to regain that which is already there. Which and is why we are made to forget, because we have to go through we have that to earn process. It. We have to earn it, and we have to, exactly, in that time. But but I think it's really important. So, so there's two things, right, that are so fundamental. One, that we're constantly getting messages. And second, that the messages are actually already within us. We just have to find the way to hear them, to hear ourselves, like you said before, to trust ourselves. And I was thinking, it was, it was funny to me as you said that, because there's some people I know that you and I would say, they shouldn't trust themselves, right? So I think part <laughs> of, of, of the spiritual work, well, getting to a place 
where where you actually you first need to be truthful with yourself right, you, right. If, and that's the that's the very important ingredient that most people are missing because it's painful if you if you are honest with yourself every day of your life you're actually going to be uncomfortable for a big part of that until you start living in accordance to your truth yeah. your soul's truth right and you can't do it without that and that that's real work that's the spiritual work right so yeah, yeah. <laughs> i just wanted to add one more thing to that which i was studying this today i thought it was so beautiful that they say you know a child when it comes out of the womb every baby starts crying right away and the reason why is because it's crying out to the creator saying what is my purpose here it's like let me back in <laughs> oh no no it's 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 for the first cry is that really why yeah the first cry is because the soul is suddenly confused and because up until that moment it knew exactly what it needed to do why it needed to live this live this life and its first action in this world is a cry back to the creator saying please reveal to me that which i knew why am i here what am i supposed to do maybe that's why it's so comforted by uh, usually it's a mother's touch but you know skin to skin you feel baby feels like they are um are held again, like kept again, like the Creator holds us. Yeah, right? maybe starting, hopefully, to find again that, that which they knew and why we're here and what the direction needs to be. Yeah, I thought it was really beautiful. That's beautiful. So, Laura Lynn Jackson. Yes. <laughs> so, she wrote a book called Signs, The Secret Language of the Universe. And in her book, she tells a story about a woman whose mother had passed on while she was on a trip. And on that trip, she came up, and this is the girl, right? She, the girl, the daughter was on a trip, and she found out on that trip that her mother had passed. And she came across a deck of cards, playing cards, with the Queen of Hearts turned face up. And she thought to herself, if my mom were a card in a deck, she'd be the Queen of Hearts because she's all about love. On the next stop of her trip, she noticed it again, another Queen of Hearts. This time it was face up on a hiking trail. At that point, she started to believe her mom was sending her a sign. That same card kept popping up all over the place. She told her family about it, and they started noticing the Queen of Hearts appearing in unexpected places as well. It was their mother letting them know she was around and with them. And I think we all have moments like that. She goes on to say that there's still the language of communication with those that have passed. And I've experienced this first. You have too. We both have. We may not have arms to hug our loved ones. We may not have voices to say, I love you out loud, but there are other ways that our loved ones are coming through to us and helping us find our highest, best path. And I can just think of like a few examples with my father that that was the case. I've shared that I had this vivid dream that he came to me and, and you know, and, I, and he showed up at my door and I hugged him and I, I said, I have to tell you something. You don't have as much time. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I just remember I had a dream last night with my mother. I'm trying to remember it as you're talking. But I think yes. it'll come to you. Yes. He knocked on my door and he was young and healthy. I think I shared the story. My little sister was with him and she was 13 and she was in her bat mitzvah suit. I remember what she was wearing. And she first appeared and she said, I have, I have a surprise for you. And she moved aside and, my, and she brought my dad out. And I jumped in his arms and we hugged and I said, I missed you. And I said, I have a secret to tell you. I have to tell you something. You don't have as much time in this life as you think you do. And I don't think I've heard, have I heard this? Yeah. Oh. And he said, it's okay. It's okay. I'm here now. And he stayed with me the whole, I woke up the next morning, it was a Friday night, and it was like, he was, his scent, his essence was on me the whole day. Like, as if, you know, when you go out with somebody and you have a great night together and the whole day you think about them and they're with you, it was like that. It was such a gift. And in my, I have no doubt I had an evening with my father. Like we, 
he was there. I hugged him and we shared that. And he was, I think he came to tell me that it's okay. Like I don't need to hold, it's a burden of like, he didn't have enough time. It's not my responsibility and he's okay with it. And then there was another time when I was exercising and he was just starting his cognitive decline and a John Legend song came on. And for whatever reason, the song reminded me of him and through my sweat, I'm crying and nobody, I was dripping sweat. So nobody could tell that I was tears, but I was overtaken by this. And I think it was like an indication of what was to come. And then most notably, my friend sent me a song by her friend, James Blunt. Uh, The song is called Monster. And she said, you know, and she had heard me talk about my father a lot and what I was feeling at that time. And she said that I think that you could completely relate to this song. James's father is going through the same kind of thing. And he wrote this. And so I played it. And I remember I was getting my nails done at the time. And I was just like, I put it on. And all of a sudden, I'm hysterically crying. This woman has no idea why. And every time I felt like I needed to mourn him or I needed to speak to him, even while he was here, but he wasn't really here cognitively. Anytime I wanted to connect to him or release what I was feeling, I would play this song and I absolutely connected to him. And when he was in hospice care, I would play that song for him. And at his funeral, I played that song. And so there are those things that come to you that make no sense, right? Through a song or through a poem or through a dream. And you can write it off as nothing or that you're just feeling emotional. You can see it as your your connection to what you know, to your knowing and to something. Again, my father, I'll never be able to sit and converse like this or hug him, but I certainly actually have even after he's left. Beautiful. And you remind me, one of my mother's favorite stories to tell is how she and my father... Will you really, remember your dream from last night yet? I try to remember, not, not details. Not details. But... How they met? Well, not how they how met, they came because to... they, how they came to be together, actually. Because, again, it's a much longer story than this, but my parents both had been married before, and my mother at one point had had uh, had worked in my father's office long story years go by and at the at the time my mother knew him he was not spiritual in any way and this is in 19 uh, after 1969 well, i wasn't i wouldn't say he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't i mean his life was not spiritual he, he it was, wasn't driven it wasn't right, he was religious he was religious and he was focused on work i think he would say he was not he was not a, th- a, a spiritual being, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he's re- he was religious in some short yeah. So my father's teacher passed away in 1969, from whom he learned everything. Of Brenwine. Of Brenwine. And he came back from Israel after the funeral, and he was in sort of contact with my mother. My mother found out that he had been studying in those years Kabbalah, spirituality, and she was surprised. Again, that's not the person <laughs> that she knew. And then she says to him, she says, you know, I'd like you to start to teach me. I'd like to study this wisdom that you learned from your teacher, and I'd like you to teach me. So, they decide, you know, over the phone, you know, next, you know, a few days later, a week later, to meet at a restaurant that I don't think it exists anymore. It used to be, it was called Rathner's, it was in the Lower East Side of New York. And when they came to the lunch, they it's very funny. I'm not sure when I learned the story, but I used to go with my parents to this restaurant. And I don't know if at that time that I used to go with them as a kid, I knew the story behind the restaurant. But anyway, they, they're at that restaurant, and my mother says to my father, uh, before you say anything, I'd like to share with you a dream that I had last night. 
And she tells him the following. She says that she had a dream, and in the dream, a man that she does not recognize put his hands on her head, and he said words that she didn't understand. It was in Hebrew, she assumed, but she really didn't know Hebrew. And that was it. The man she didn't know put his hands on her head, and he said words in a language she didn't understand. She assumed it was Hebrew. And after hearing that story, that dream, my father was a little bit taken aback, and he, and he tells her the following. He says, you know, after our conversation, when you asked for me to teach you, I really didn't know if I should or shouldn't. Right? He needed direction. And I decided that I was going to ask my teacher, again, who was no longer in this physical world, to give me a sign, mm. to tell me whether it was right for me to start teaching you, or not right for me to start teaching you. It's been a few days, and I didn't have a dream, I didn't get a message, nothing. So I actually came to this lunch to tell you that I can't teach you, because I didn't get a message from my teacher that I can. And then he said, but I realized that he, <laughs> he didn't come to me, he came to you. Mm-hmm. And this is, I, Just, oh, it's so a be- powerful. Yeah, and, and I always think about that. Had my mother not been somebody who was open to signs, had my father not been somebody who was open to signs, I wouldn't be sitting here right now, right? Mm-hmm. They probably would not have continued studying and then eventually getting married and obviously having kids and all of that. But I think, this it's a beautiful, for me, it's a beautiful story, obviously, on many levels, but... I think for our listeners, it's the understanding that if we miss the signs, boy, how badly lost we can get. Mm-hmm. And and I think, you know, I think some people when they think about the idea of signs, it's like, oh, it would be nice. It would be nice. That no, 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 it's actually crucial if we don't open ourselves up and also start seeing the signs. We can make wrong mistakes. We can we can miss. The, the right people, and so on. It's a very important idea. And again, the more you open yourself up and are mindful, the more likely you are to see them and understand them properly. I do want to say this, because I think there are skeptics out there. Some may believe that the universe is pure chaos, and that reading messages in arbitrary places is a side effect of our human desire to seek order and find patterns where none really exist. Right? Many operate like that. Austrian economist Friedrich Hayek spent years exploring the concept of spontaneous order, where the idea that many of our systems have been organized through the cooperative contributions of many people over time. Things like the market economy, the development of the internet, and even language itself are examples of turning would-be chaos into universally understood systems that have been essential, that have served essential needs. In essence, spontaneous order posits that our biggest achievements aren't planned, directed, or executed by any single person or group, but arise from a confluence of different people in different places with different objectives. So there's also been a study there's in Harvard um, that if you take a large number and you look at, like, for example, there's only one in a million chance of a coincidence occurring. If you have a pool of 400 million people, then there's the potential of 400 amazing coincidences that happen, right? There's many people who look at life like that. So it brings me to the question, do such noteworthy events, let alone the rest of our experiences, actually carry meaning? Or are they simply byproducts of our own effort at assigning significance where none exists? So I think it really depends on how you live your life, right? If you find meaning in a random event, is it any less meaningful? Is that to say it's less powerful? At the end of the day, does it matter where our knowing comes from? Well, I, I again, I, I don't think... Because we can choose to see the world as random, 
right? That nothing, you know, it's all but a coincidence. I, or we can see, we can place meaning no, but I, in I, everything, I, right? Right. But I think if we enjoy it as a random event, that means that we're not open to the constant messages. And I, I think the point like is... Like even a sunset, right? If you see a sunset and it awakens something within you, there's a message even in yeah, that. Yeah, but, but I'm saying, but, but to, I, I think it's important what our consciousness is. If we see everything as random, but just every once in a while, there's something nice or cute or whatever, then... Like, I'll buy a lottery ticket, because I keep seeing the number 17, and I'm, you know... I I think what we're talking about here is a much deeper understanding about life. Signs and messages are are a byproduct of that consciousness. But if... if So it's like, if you are living your life in a certain way, devoted to a certain mission, purpose, you're and you're clear about what that is, then you're going to get clear messages that come and support that path? Well, I would say more than that. You actually have to know that the universe is there to support you, and part of that support are the messages that that are constantly being sent to you. Then you will see them, then you will read them properly. If, If a person does not live with this consciousness, then, yeah, every once in a while he might get a nice message here and there, but that's not the point. The point is, I want my life to be directed by what I would call my soul, or truth, or the light of the Creator. And the only way that that can happen is if I'm constantly open and receiving messages that I understand, and, and it gives me the direction that I need. So well, it's, it's not a because... cute thing, like, oh, yeah, you know, it's, it's actually the way I live my life. Let me ask something else. So an hour ago, we were working in our, our office, and we have a glass window, and a bird flew right into it, and hit so hard, and he fell down, and he died. And it was like a really beautiful bird, right? Now, I don't see that as random. I don't really know what it means, by the way, yet. But I remember after, right after it happened, after I asked you to clean it up, I kept thinking, like, well, why did that happen? And I thought about the fragility of life, and not just for birds, for everybody, and how we should appreciate every moment of life. I mean, maybe that's why I saw it. I don't know. But I think, I mean, that's what I try to do, right? What do you think about well, that? Well, it's interesting. There's, the fra- there's a phrase. Like, what did you think also when that happened? Did you did your mind go anywhere? Or it's like, oh, the bird died. No, my mind went in a few places. There's a concept that the ancient sages used, which is that in the Aramaic words are, which literally means, even though he or she might not see it, his soul or her soul sees it. By seeing it, it means understand it. Understanding it. The point is, we talked about these messages that we're getting all the time. Your, call it subconscious mind, call it your soul, is actually processing all of that. And the goal is to start bridging the, 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 that gap between the conscious mind, the unconscious mind, between the soul and the mind, so that they start forming our direction in life. So, for instance, back to the bird, even if we didn't understand the meaning of that, you're saying our subconscious if mind, our soul. To it, simply well, the I'm thought. I'm open to it. I'm, yeah, I'm si- actually, yeah. Simply the thought. This of has why, a purpose. Yeah. Is already opening that. Not just opening that, but actually manifesting within my consciousness, even in ways that I don't. I won't even know. Messages, directions, change that come from that. Because it's interesting. Because then I actually the next thought I had was like, wow, it's a it's a pretty big bird, and it's a pretty bird, and like. 
you know, it looked healthy and why did it have to die? Like I, I actually went into a whole, and I, I don't even think we weren't doing this specific subject today. I actually, we wouldn't have this conversation about this bird, but I did think about, I, I probably, it wasn't myself because I was working. I didn't stop and be like, I'm going to think, you know, it was something that was kind of like in the back of my mind, kind of running through and all these thoughts came. So again, I don't know if I'm going to understand why we saw that, but there was something there. Yeah. And Again, the way the way we want to live our lives is the teaching from the great Kabbalist, the Baal Shem Tov, who says that absolutely everything that happens in our life, everything we see on TV, every person who says something to us is a message. And I think that's the point. Everything we say, you better filter what you watch. Well, the point is, so so he uses an example, right? So he says everything we see, everything we hear, everything that comes into our life is there to give us a message to teach us. It doesn't. So he uses the example. What happens if you see it? on TV, somebody got a murder, right? Obviously, none of us, and hopefully none of our listeners are murderers, but there's a teaching that says that when you embarrass somebody, mm-hmm. it's like killing them. Mm-hmm. So you might not be a murderer, but maybe you're seeing that story about the murderer because you actually did murder in small ways. The energy, ways. You the energy you by embarrassing somebody. Mm-hmm. So the point is that, and I hope this is what our listeners receive from this podcast, is that everything absolutely everything is is coming to you for a reason every person every every thing that you see everything that you read and again it doesn't mean that you need to now decipher everything but it does mean that that's the way you live your life you know another thing that says in the zohar that uh, often messages come through children and crazy people yeah. right and, and and as a matter of fact, very often when the sages, the ancient Kabbalists, wanted to learn something, they would actually just go into the street and ask a random child, "Tell me something." Let me ask you. Sometimes I actually do pay attention to the rantings of homeless Crazy. people. I do actually. I do. Yeah, it's not because no because I'm like walking by daily when I I go to exercise, and I'm and usually before right when I had fear around that, I would filter it out. Now I'm just like. Let's see. What are they talking about today? Is there something I actually need to hear? Funnily right, enough. and that's the point. When you start looking at every single person again, even if they're saying things that are like, you know, somebody could be saying something, and you know that it's wrong. But there's one percent there, five percent there, right? So the point is, it's not that there that everything is true as it's being shown to you, but that there is truth in everything that's being shown to you, and that's the way you want to live your life. Mm. And if you're and if you live your life in that way, it's not coincidental. That this person said that it's not coincidental. This message is, you know, I, that I'm, I'm listening to this podcast and I saw this on TV. That I read this in the newspaper. You you start seeing the messages more and more clearly. So this, it, like I said, I think it's really important for others to understand. This isn't just a nice addition to life to get a message when you really want it. This is actually an important foundation in life to live life in such a way that I know that there are messages all the time then you will hear them, then you won't be blind to them, then you will actually be able to decipher them properly. Mm, beautiful. But I also think we should do a podcast on embarrassing people and the weight of that. I mean, it's like, I mean, I really, I think it's a really, I mean, I know that even if I have unintentionally embarrassed one of our kids, like I really, because I remember feeling embarrassed as a child by people that I loved and it was unintentional for sure, but I remember how that felt. So if I ever say something and I, and they, they might not even express it, but I see their cheeks turn a little red right away. I'm like, I did, you know, I, I will own it and I will change it because it is, it's a horrible thing to ignite that in Absolutely. somebody, but maybe we should do a podcast yeah. on that. Yeah. So if I were to leave our listeners with something, which I will for one day, look at everything as being purposeful just for a day. 
You may start to notice signs you would have overlooked. If you want to see signs, you have to make a conscious effort to be open to them. Make gratitude a regular practice. When you notice the goodness or the higher purpose of people, events, even small interactions, the universe takes note. Gratitude strengthens our ability to see interconnectedness of all things. Know yourself. It's important that each of us does the inner work necessary to clear our own pathway. A broken thermometer can't give us the correct temperature, nor can our intuition guide us effectively unless we're in touch with our desires and aligned with our highest purpose. When you know yourself, then you can trust yourself. You know more than you can ever recognize. Second guessing undercuts the power of the messages the universe is constantly sending you. Listen to your body. I always say everything's body, mind, and spirit. Feeling a happy flutter in your chest, a queasiness in your stomach, that needles on your neck sensation that signals danger, or are you feeling relaxed and engaged? Heed those messages. The mind-body-spirit connection is always speaking to you and through you. And lastly, know that everything is constantly shifting. You can receive a sign and something happens. The actions of the others change the course of events. So even if you get a message, you don't necessarily have control of the ultimate outcome. So always stay open to things and energies as they shift. Beautiful. I, I just want to underscore again one one thing that we did say before, but I think it's so important. Being open and receiving and understanding the messages is a necessary part of our soul's growth. And if we're not growing in this area, meaning seeing more, understanding more, getting more messages, then we can wind up in the wrong places. By the way, I have I feel really grateful about this part of the work we do, but people share very intimate things with us. And this is like frequently this happens. People this happened today, actually, funnily enough, where somebody was contacted through her husband's Instagram, some woman that doesn't speak English. She's I think she's Portuguese. And she just saw the husband on Instagram and had a message for his wife. And she had her sister, the, the woman that doesn't speak English, the, the medium, had her sister write this whole email, like pages, saying to my student friend, whatever, all, all these things that she's been verbalizing for like a year or two now in her studies of Kabbalah, just things she's recognized about herself. And she's like, I feel crazy. But so she's like, can you read this? I'm like, no, this is spot on. So this is some person, it's even, and she won't accept any money. Like she just felt her energy now. And she, you have to decipher if that's true for you or not. But I think it's interesting. I think when you do what you just said, when you do the work, right. And you're really looking for the connection and understanding, then you will get it, but you will also will get those people or those angels or things from all over the world that come and support that. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why just as a side, you know, if people talk about angels, they want to see anyone. People are your angels. Yeah, exactly. And we don't want like, oh, my angel can't look like that or sound like that. But don't, you know, if again, the truth aspect, if you're honest with yourself and you have an honest relationship with yourself, you're going to be able to know what you should listen to and what you shouldn't, no matter what it looks like or who it comes from. Absolutely. So I'd like to leave our listeners with a quote from Roald Dahl, the famous author. And above all, watch with glittering eyes the whole world around you because the greatest secrets are hidden in the most unlikely places. Those who don't believe in magic will never find it. Hmm. You're such a romantic. Am I? You are. I know. <laughs> Do you, did you always know that? I think so. You always knew that before I affirmed it for you? No, no, no. Only now with you do I know that. 
<laughs> so I'd like to share. I actually didn't know that you didn't reveal that part of yourself until a few years into Maybe I think I think because I, I think you awakened it within me. Are you just being nice? I th- I'd like to always be nice. Are you being romantic? Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd like to share with our listeners a email we just received in the past week from our one of our listeners, uh, Debbie. Good morning, Michael and Monica. Sorry, my name is mentioned first. Honey, I like when your name is mentioned. You do. I'm writing to you from Winter Park, Florida. I just felt this strong. I didn't know there was a place called Winter Park, and it seems really wrong. Winter Park, Winter, Florida. (laughs) Oh, that. (laughs) What did you think I was saying? (laughs) No, that it's a wrong name. No, no, no. I Winter Park. It's when when it's winter in the north, people go down to Winter Park and they park in. Let's go. We want to go to Winter Park. Let's go. Um, I just felt this strong pull to sit down and write this email this morning as I am doing my consciousness connection. I wanted to share with you how powerful my time with you in Mexico for your spiritually hungry retreat was. I still refer back to my little book that was given out with my notes several times a week. The words I say to my soul in the morning, how committed I am to listening and feeling what my soul needs on a daily basis, to let it shine, to make manifest that that is where my constant connection to the Creator lies. Of my commitment to the Creator to take care of my soul, it fills me to no end. This is where my happiness lies, also the Creator's land of miracles and the fertile field within this land, where I place the seeds of my desires to be surrounded by the light to be manifested. It amazes me how powerful that one weekend was, and how I still focus on this daily. It changed my life more than I could ever express. It brings tears to my eyes with the immense gratitude I feel for you both for showing me the way, guiding me, and giving me the tools to do it. Sending blessings, love, and light, Debbie. I love that. We're going to have another retreat coming up in a couple months. Yes. So be on the lookout and listen. Yes. For that. So this is a first of all, thank you, Debbie, for sharing this with us. As I often say, it inspires us to hear your stories and how this podcast or the work that we do inspires you. That is why we do it, and that is what keeps us inspired all the time. So, please continue to email your stories, your inspirations, maybe signs that you received. That would be a nice thing for you to start sharing with us as well, based on this podcast, and questions, comments, topics to Monica and Michael at spirituallyhungry.life, Monica and Michael at spirituallyhungry.life, also, don't forget to share this podcast with everybody you know. Go to Apple Podcasts, write positive reviews, five stars, and anywhere else you get your podcast. And again, most importantly, to share this podcast with as many people as you can, because we do this to reveal light. And by sharing this, you will actually get that light from whoever you share it with. And as always, we hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as we enjoyed recording. Stay spiritually hungry. Stay spiritually hungry.